Elon Musk tweeted this morning to hold off the buying of Twitter until data of bots is accurate. Twitter CEO and Trump spoke out on the acquisition. And uh, today,、uh, in the New York City, the largest、uh, Chinese American parade reminds us to take a look of a 30-year saga of a meditation exercise. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. All right. So today, actually, we'll bring you a special story, and、uh, the story is、um, very much underreported, but it's very relevant to, to the future of China and possibly the future of the world.、Mm-hmm. Actually, it's、uh, very people、uh, in the West free world think it's actually really relates to country like America and Canada and the、uh, the free world. Exactly, and、uh, today, basically, the largest Chinese American parade is happening on the new in the in the Manhattan, New York. And、uh, so, why was there such a parade? And who are the people holding that parade? And what's the story behind that parade? That's the feature story we'll bring to you today, tonight. But before that, let's look at、uh, wow, another major earthquake,、uh, quake. Another bombshell. Yeah, bombshell.、Uh, five o'clock Austin time. We're talking about Elon Musk's home. Okay, presumably he's living there.、Mm-hmm. At five o'clock in the morning, I don't know what he's doing. Five o'clock, he's not sleeping. He tweeted something, and、uh, he said,、uh, "I'm gonna hold off, hold off buying the、uh, buying the、uh, Twitter until the data supporting that they only have five percent, five percent the bots and the、uh, you know spam and、um, fraud account,、um, you know, in, in the total number of the count, in the total number of the user." So. Okay, let me just interpret this a little bit. Twitter announced that in the last quarter report, they have two hundred twenty-nine million users. All right. Now, of course,、um, well, Elon Musk is buying something. He needs to know what he's、uh, going to buy. And then, okay, so what、uh, Elon Musk asked in his tweet this morning is saying that really only five percent bots, five percent、uh, spam or you know fraud account, or do you have more? If we roll the time back to the twenty、uh, twelve,、um, there was a media report on Yahoo about、um, about the、uh, you know、uh, the fake account with、uh, Twitter.、Mm-hmm. At that time, there's a company. Let's just take example. Okay, there's a company called、uh, Dell Outlet. Dell Outlet has a ten thousand Twitter followers. This is a corporation account, and five、uh, thousand of them were fake. Why? Because the marketing department of the Dell Outlet. Create those accounts, so that it appears that their you know Twitter account looks decent, looks、uh, strong, and things like that. And uh, uh, in the same report, and、uh, Starbucks, it's a you know reputable company, and their Twitter followers, seven percent of them were you know were fake. They were talking about ten years ago. So how accurate Twitter's data is? This is a really a big question. But、uh, Elon Musk signed up to buy the Twitter, okay, as you as as we all know, <coughs> and uh, around uh, April twenty fifth, I think. So for forty four billion dollars, that's a lot of money <coughs> to buy such a such a company. So then he sent out this question, this question tweet, and mind you that Elon Musk has no PR firm, has no marketing department, and he doesn't have even any sales department. He only believe in product, produce great product, people will appreciate it. It will sell. So far, so good. All right. So basically, any move by Elon Musk, you go to Twitter to find it out. There's no other official source, or the official source is to Twitter. Okay. So after that, Twitter's 
stock price drop by 14%. This is a pre-market, pre-market opening you know, um, price. And after the market opened, 20% drop. Altogether, 20% drop. Two hours later, two hours later, okay. And Elon Musk tweeted again. He said, uh, still committed to the acquisition. Still committed to acquisition. So it seems to pacify people, saying that I'm still buying it. So the price come back a little bit. So it closed, it closed at uh, 10% down, only 10% down. In the meantime, Tesla, Tesla's, uh, you know, Tesla's uh, stock price rise up. Apparently, you can tell the investor of the Tesla doesn't like his buying Twitter, which is such a, such a big amount of money. But anyway, so what is, to analyze that, so what are the three possible reasons that he sent out such an earthquake uh, you know, tweet? First is, indeed, there are a lot of bots there, okay? And uh, Elon Musk found it out. He doesn't want to buy something that's not authentic. The second reason is the um, Tesla price, stock price, dropped by 30%. As you know, the general market dropped by 20% in the last one month or so. But the Tesla dropped by 30%, okay, which reduced $51 billion of his book. All right? And he needed that book to borrow money against so that he can pay this uh, $44 billion to buy the Twitter. Does that create a financial squeeze on him? Is that the reason that he, you know, back off or you know, put, it, put this to on hold? Well, it's anybody's guess. The third reason he want to use this opportunity to renegotiate a lower price. So, indeed, what's the reason? We have to look at, um, you know, Elon Musk's um, Twitter to find out whether there's any update. As of now, um, 10 min about uh, 12 minutes ago, he just tweeted, he said that my team will be finding 100 Twitter followers and we're going to ana ana analyze ourselves that whether, you know, uh, how many bots are there. Mm. So he's doing this research by himself. Okay. Okay. If, if he's genuine, which I do believe so, it means that, uh, you know, his concern was, uh, was genuine. He's saying that, uh, I want to find out 5% or more before I pay the money. Okay, so in the meantime, today, the uh, Parag uh, Agrawal, Agrawal, as you can know, the current CEO of Twitter is on a hot spot, right? Pretty much Elon Musk is asking, is, you know, is your data accurate? And then this is the CEO, okay, who carried the responsibility of reporting accurate data. So today he said, I, I cannot hold off, I, you know, I, I need to speak out openly now. You, were, you probably were expecting him to give the answer. He tweeted nine pieces nine consecutive tweets and uh, today by this uh, Mr. Agrawal. But if you look through that, uh, so basically saying that uh, I'm doing this, uh, I fired two high-level you know, high, high level executives. The reason why I did it is because I need to prepare for all, for all the scenario in the for the future. I need to make the Twitter strong today and we take pride in our work. We're not just here keeping the lights on and we're doing, we're not resting, we're, we're doing diligent work, so on and so forth. Nine tweets with no mentioning about, is the data accurate? So that tells you something. Mm -hmm. If he say, to my knowledge, to my honest knowledge, the data is accurate, then that at least that dispel a lot of doubts, right? Uh, but he did not say that. He tweeted nine pieces, okay? Nine, how to say, nine 140 characters without mentioning that. You cannot help wondering, is, was Elon Musk right? Was his doubt accurate? Is anybody's guess, okay, we still have to wait for the answer to come through, okay? So that's the most recent scoop. Yeah, so just wonder how our audience, uh, how do you think, why 
Yeah, you it's, know, Elon it's, Musk it's, making this move, but because uh, you know, reasonably, people would think he would do the due diligence before he makes made the offer, right? right yeah. But um, then you know, uh, what he you know the the inflated uh, user accounts and the numbers, uh, you know, does um, it's, it's very serious serious issue. Yeah, it's a f folks. This is a forty four billion dollar purchase. He better make sure that what he what he will be buying is true, is something genuine, and uh, so this is really a big question mark, you know. Yeah, and, uh -huh. and also I think on the other side, you know, since if it's indeed so much um, inflated, I think it is inflated. That's for sure, mm -hmm. right? It's just, just how, how much, much yeah, yes. to what extent. And then on the other hand, reasonably people wanted to negotiate a lower right. price, right? Because. You know, plus the stock market's crashing right now. Yeah, while, you know, we are really just collecting how people think, I think this is something really worth thinking about and is worth, uh, how to say, discussing. So what's your point of view? Do you think it's uh, indeed, you know, it's, it's just fake account, enough fake account, or he ran out of the money with the stock? Sharp um, drop of the stock price of the Tesla, which is his main asset that he either borrow against or just raise money from. So, um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? And um, do we have any? Uh, Kitty Hawk, you, you you wrote that he did not get to the get to be the richest man in the world without being shrewd. So you think he knows what he's doing? Mm. Okay. And uh, and Louis, you wrote that uh, good for Elon red pilling people to the bots without uh, even owning the company sounds like he's looking for a discount on purchase price okay, okay. so louis more inclining to the third for, scenario yeah for him to make a better deal right yeah. so what would i think that's you know reasonable yeah yeah how about other people you know just uh, well, well, i want to get your thought yeah anyone <laughs> thinking maybe you know uh, elon musk wanted to back off the deal yeah you know you is it possible let us know. Yeah, maybe one of you own Tesla, understand him. You know, I got my fans, followers writing to me that, you know, yeah, you should Chinese buy a Tesla. Channel. Yeah, you should yeah. buy a Tesla because he's I own too. Mm -hmm. Through owning the Tesla, you understand how Elon Musk think. Mm -hmm. So I say, yes, if I can afford but it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can afford it, I cannot afford it apparently at this time. So um, anyway, so that that's really the, you know, a, a big, big, how to say it. Earthquake or saga, however you call it, uh, you know, of that. So we'll continue uh, with the updates. So let's move on to the next story. How about that? Okay. Mm -hmm. So today, actually, on the on, uh, on the Manhattan Island, okay, on the, there's in the central in the central mid Manhattan, there's this Forty Second Street, okay, about four thousand, uh, mainly Chinese American, but actually it's quite international. Yeah, you very got, diversified. Yeah, you got you got the Caucasians, you got the Black, you got. Um, Spanish and all kinds of people, but mainly Chinese American. Okay, over there they started uh, at uh, the Second uh, Avenue and Forty uh, Second Street, which is the UN headquarter. Mm -hmm. Okay, then they parade. They have a long parade through Forty Second Street all the way to Twelfth Avenue, Twelfth Avenue. So about a two miles long, and the police um, reserve the road. As a matter of fact, this is the annual annual largest Chinese American parade in America. And uh, this, this has been happening for, how to say, 
nearly 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, normal time, normal so time, 23 years. Yeah, 23 years. Normal time is not is not 4,000 people. It's probably like 14,000 people. It's very large because it's an international event, but due to the COVID, to the travel is re restriction, only the 4,000 people. It's still quite a quite a thing, as you can see. Um, you know, those people they are actually the practitioner of a meditation exercise called the Falun Gong. Okay, and what you see now here is the it's called the celestial band. Okay, it's a yeah. Let's see if we can have uh, some, yeah, have some uh, sound. audio out. And Could uh, have some sound. Just have yeah. I think it's band. It's uh, consists of more than hundred members. Yeah. And can you believe they are all amateurs? Yeah. So what you can read there on the banner says Falun Dafa is good. Uh, Falun Dafa is a meditation exercise, and it was founded in the not founded. It was introduced to the public in China in the nineteen ninety two. So between nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety nine, it it was spreading in China in a peaceful and uh, fast way. Okay. And if we yeah, on the banner right now, you see the principles of the practice called the truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Right. And the Falun Dafa, Falun means uh, law, will. Fa means law, Lun means will, Dafa means great law. So the great law of the law will. That's the literal translation of the name of the practice. Yeah, so what we, they are doing uh, is celebrating the spread of Falun Dafa or Falun Gong for the 30th anniversary, so 30 years. So today, you know, we're going to bring you a story about uh, a person, actually, he was a PLA official before. Mm -hmm. uh, People's uh, Liberation Army. Okay. Yeah, started the practice of Falun Gong 30 years ago. Okay, indeed, start uh, from the beginning and uh, how he, you know, um, why he is just never give up, right? Yeah. And he's now living in the United States, in Southern California. And also, I will bring you a story of a, a Westerner who working in Silicon Valley and uh, have been practicing for Falun Gong for three years. Okay, 30 years versus three years. And what's in common? Yeah. yeah. And this exercise was actually better known for being persecuted by the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, so a lot of people know about the persecution, know much less about what it is, mm -hmm. right? Right. So that's why we want to bring you the story. It is very, it's very worthy to you know to explore. get to know, uh, to explore. Yeah. And at the end of the show, hopefully you would agree to what I say. Yeah. Okay. So you know, first of all, let's see uh, what are the reactions uh, from the people on the New York street. How they feel about the parade. Okay, so yeah, we're going to we... bring a interview of the bystander actually who came across this um, event. Yeah, and by there's a lot of celebration. There's a lot of information about Falun Dafa. So I decided to stop by, and I just want to say that it's very, very tragic what's going on in China. That people are being persecuted just because they believe in God. And unfortunately, that's something that needs to be stopped immediately. So I'm so glad I have the opportunity to come by to support you in some way. And we're very, very happy that you're here and that you're able to practice freely in the United States. I think compassion and, uh, is very important and tolerance. 
I think it's important in New York City, as it should be around the world. And I also think that this is a parade for the mistreatment of Chinese people in China. And I think uh, someone should do something with the Chinese people in China to make sure they treat their people better. It's very impressive. From one side, they look worried. But in the other side, on the faces, we can see smile and hope. And this is very uh, impressive. And uh, I, I wish the hope will win. All right. Yeah, so um, looks like, you know, some of the bystanders, uh, they know, you know quite a bit about Falun Gong, what's going on in China, the human rights abuse they have been enduring for the past 23 years. And some for them are the first time to know about it. So maybe, you know, it's, you know, a mixed kind of understanding of Falun Gong, probably it's also uh, the same thing among our audience here. So people, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to really let our audience know about, a mm -hmm. uh, little bit more about Falun Gong back in, you know, 30, day, 30 years ago, right, right, until today. Yeah. Actually, uh, Falun Gong, all, all called the Falun Dafa, both names refer to the same thing. And uh, it's an ancient meditation exercise. Okay, they involved five sets of exercise. Some are sitting meditation, some are like a standing meditation, okay, or slow movement. It was actually passed uh, generation by generation in, by single disciples, okay, over the, the course of the history. Okay, so there's a very ancient root in the Chinese culture and the Chinese tradition. It was in the year of the 1992, and uh, the, uh, the, the, the founder, okay, the, the founder, the master of the exercise, his name is called Li Hongzhi. Mr. Li Hongzhi started to um, offer classes, teaching, uh, teaching classes in China. And those classes is not actually mainly on the moving exercise, which is only the small part of it. Mm -hmm. the, more, the teaching is more focused on the principles the principles, the theories behind the exercise, which you could summarize that in three short words, okay? Truth, compassion, and a tolerance. Yeah, you see the, in the parade on the banner, they right. are always printing those three words. Yeah. So Mr. Li Hongzhi was uh, teaching those classes in China for about two years, between the year of 1992 through 1994. So altogether, 56 classes. And uh, altogether, about 70,000 people um, attended such class. 70,000 people, okay? Mind you, just remember that number. However, just five years later, within five years, the number of people practicing Falun Gong grew to be 70 million, between 70 million people to 100 million people in China. Yeah, basically explosion, yeah, It's right? just an explosion. The reason is, uh, two reasons, because first is the tremendous amount of health benefit. The second is the value that uh, the Falun Gong presents to people. Uh, let me elaborate a little bit. Okay, the health benefit. There are quite a few like uh, health survey uh, on the effectiveness of the Falun Gong on the improving human health. And then in the October of 1998, we're talking about 25 years ago. Okay, in the Beijing, there was a, a very comprehensive survey about uh, the sample rate, sample number, sample pool is uh, 12,700 people. Okay, it's a fairly large sample pool. And then and those people who are, you know, practitioners of the Falun Gong, they were surveyed that about their, you know, pre-exercise health state and their sickness they got, the problem, the health problem they got, and the post-practice was the effect, was the improvement. All right, just uh, let me read you the number. It's quite shocking. 
when I first saw it, it's really shocking, okay? Among those people, okay, who have uh, one or two or three type of uh, illnesses, it's very common, all right? So after they practice Falun Gong, the 59% of them completely recover from the illness that they had before. And then 25%, 24.9% have major improvement. Altogether, you are talking about 99.1%. 99.1% have so, improvement uh, or completely recovery from the previous you know, health issues they have. Yeah, yeah. so you are talking about a meditation practice that can increase, like just improve health for like over 99%, right. almost 100% improvement. Yeah, there's another actually major health survey in the city of Wuhan, well, which is later, is, in, is an infamous city known for the source of the COVID. But back in the, you know, um, 23 years ago, in the same year of the 1993, uh, I'm sorry, 1998, the sample rate that was there was 2,005 people. Again, the health improvement rate is 98.65%, nearly 99%. So virtually everybody got cured or they have their health improved. Mm -hmm. This is the reason Falun Gong was spreading through word of mouth. Actually, it's, it's, it's something grow out of the grassroots. There's no government behind it. There's no, how to say, promotion, marketing, things like that. And then the teaching of the exercise is completely free. Even today, if you just Google Falun Dafa book, Falun Gong book on the internet, you'll find this website. Every piece of teaching is free. Although you can buy a book from Amazon, but if you want to read from the web, everything's free. It's a free for the public type of exercise. So anyway, so over the year of, uh, you know, just five or six years, um, nearly 100 million people pick it up in China and because of the word of mouth. The second reason is because of the value. You know, when the communist ideology of the communism pretty much went, you know, bankrupt mm -hmm. after the Cultural Revolution, people really, they have a void in their mind, okay, in, in, in their heart. They don't know what to believe in. Communist is a, it's a fake. We have to fake it because it is still a communist nation. But when the Falun Gong came along, they saw and learned and appreciate the value of being truthful, being compassionate, and being tolerant. They embrace it. And, and along with that, the, the health benefit. So it just spread very, very fast. However, in the 1999, this July of 1999, because of its popularity, this is on the surface reason, okay, it's too popular. It just unnerved the Chinese government the top leader, especially the then uh, secretary, general secretary of the party, his name is Jiang Zemin. He simply defined this as a threat. Okay, this is on a surface reason. And the deeper reason, because I've been reporting this for nearly just over 20 years, okay, is the value system conflict with the ideology of the communism. You know, for them to rule, everybody have to abide and they have to lie in the, in, in the country that you lie to survive. 100 million people saying that they only want to speak, be honest. It's very threatening to, to the regime. How the regime, how do they rule those people? They have the independent thought and they believe truth is then served in life. So anyway, so Jiang Zemin started this uh, persecution and he thought it's the easy ban. Mm -hmm. Okay, because they ban so many groups, they never fail. Yeah. Okay. Why, why worry this time? Just do it another time. And yeah, so then, he declared three months, right? Yeah, it's a three months. We're gonna wipe it out. Home. They are fighting for the, the, their original word. They are fighting for masses with us. Okay, so our party have to strike back, and he think it's an easy strike. And uh, however, when when the police was, 
you know, just banning the exercise and then tell every practitioner, you know, you have to disavow it. It's a piece of paper. Sign it saying this is a bad practice and I will never do it again. Sign your name. We'll, we'll let you go. You're free. You're safe. You're not bothered. Just stop practicing. So the practitioner have to lie to sign that paper to become safe. So this has become like, you know, a, a, a very, very, how to say, um, crucial, crucial conflict of value. I have to lie to practice something that is true, based on, in the, on the truth. So many, many people, they, they just don't sign that piece of, piece of paper. So the regime simply cannot, never saw and cannot tolerate behavior like this. This is like, a, you know, disobedience, peaceful disobedience. So they... Then the ban turned into a very, very brutal persecution where they rounded up people, throw them into labor camp, and they tortured them until they signed that piece of paper. Thousands of people died in the labor camp and in, in the prison. So in the meantime, in the meantime, Falun Gong spread all over the world because people got to know this, the name of this exercise through the news of the persecution. So it, now the book of Falun Gong has been translated in, into more than 40 languages. They spread it to over 100 countries in the world. So the Communist Party achieved the exactly opposite to what they intended, which is to wipe out this exercise. So, yeah, that's the background story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, then people, you know, really for, for the past 23 years, right, people always ask this one fundamental question, why the Chinese Communist government persecute Falun Gong? So next we'll bring you, you know, people's um, personal accounts and uh, from just listening to them, you may have a better idea. And also, we'll bring you, you know, the 30-year the practice of Falun Gong versus the three-year of practice Falun Gong, you know, by Westerners. And also, uh, some of the very um, supportive of people who supported Falun Gong, the parliament members from Canada, mm -hmm. their understanding of why Falun Gong is persecuted and why they came out very strongly to support the rights of Falun Gong practitioners and not really on the surface. So I think it's really worth to hear what they, you know, their understanding. So actually first I would like to bring you a story uh, very quickly is a, a lady from China who just uh, came to San Francisco Bay Area over a month ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, she, she said, She's from a, a northern China city, which is called Jilin. Mm. And two which days, was locked down. Which was two, locked down. Yes. She's so lucky that she, the two days after she arrived United States, the city was locked down. Mm. So she was so appreciative. And her name is Lisa Chen. And uh, so she said she uh, started practicing Falun Gong in 1998. Okay. So that's one year before the... Uh, crackdown by the CCP, and now she can only secretly practice before she came out to the United States. So I asked her, uh, she participated the Falun Dafa Day celebration in San Francisco last weekend, so I was covering that. So let's take a listen. She said it's so severely persecuted that uh, if they know you practice Falun Gong, they will, you know, pry the door, raid your home, and take you away and uh, persecute you. 
And then, you know, um, she, I asked her why you just did not give up practicing Falun Gong, even though under such a persecution. Yeah, so yeah, she hurt her waist, uh, her, back <coughs> her back, severely, yeah. but it was like quickly, very, very quickly. She said like Recovered. it's like a medical. Mm -hmm. So in the other benefits, like uh, she really, you know, used to be so angry, mm -hmm. always have a better, uh, a, a very bad temper. It all changed so that uh, her, all, you know, from the whole family supported her practicing Falun Gong. Yeah. So that's Lisa who escaped China just very recently. Mm -hmm. But next I want to tell you the story because it's the 30 years of uh, um, Falun Gong's um, spread. And uh, actually I interviewed a person who did indeed practice Falun Gong for 30 years. And you know what? He, when he started practicing Falun Gong in 1992, he was not only an active duty PLA officer, but his military rank already reached colonel. He's a, he's a colonel actually in, in the Air Force. Yeah. yeah, China, China, yeah. China's Air Force. Yeah, so his name is uh, Zhu Liming. And of course, I asked him why he pressed Falun Gong. He really devoted himself to the Chinese Communist government since he was 14 years old. He joined the army when he was only 14, but he worked. Yeah. The Air Force. The Air Force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he worked so hard. Okay, he was really devoted to the Chinese Communist Party. And he, you know, her, his health was just so uh, deteriorated when he was only very young. And the, there were two problems. He had a severe stomach problem mm -hmm. and uh, no, nothing can cure. And then also just, you know, excruciating like headache mm -hmm. because of working and after, you know, he worked, after he started to work in the Air Force, like a, a, a place that severe noise and uh, but he still worked so hard. So two severe illness that almost killed him, nothing can cure. But so he has been searching for a lot of different practices. And uh, finally, he founded Falun Gong when Falun Gong was started to spread in 1992. So what kind of a change it brought to hurt him? Yeah, and he said, you know, it's just so miraculously after two to three months. And because he spent so much money trying to find uh, med medicine or just practice all kinds of qigong, taiji, or practice, nothing really worked, but the Falun Gong really worked. So. That's just the big, then he know a lot about uh, the Qigong practice. So uh, starting the next year, the second year in 1993, he popular, you know, in China at that time, Qigong and the Falun Gong was not banned. And uh, there were a lot of um, uh, Falun, like uh, Falun Gong articles published uh, all around the country. And uh, he was actually the author which people don't really know him, mm -hmm. right? But he was just contributing to that 
uh, anonymously uh, because he was a, a you know Air Force uh, officer. Then, you know, uh, we as uh, we just introduced to you uh, since 1999, the practice of Falun Gong was banned, and the. Zhu Liming, he was one of the lead person who were in front of the student, uh, the um, uh, Chinese government's uh, Beijing compound. The compound of Zhongnan Hai, which was a peaceful um, appeal, appeal by about 10,000 practitioners in the April 25th of the 1999. To basically the appeal was trying to address the issue of Falun Gong being discriminated and uh, being, how to say, suspected. Mm -hmm. However, that uh, peaceful appeal, which ended ended in peacefully too, become a the excuse for the government to do the uh, crackdown. Yeah. So then it moved. You know, the time moved to uh, June, uh, July twentieth of nineteen ninety nine. The widespread of arrest happened in China, and Zhu Liming, because he was one of the leader who you know was protesting, and uh, on the eve of. Uh, July twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. He was suddenly, uh, uh, you know, basically arrested, mm -hmm. arrested. Yeah. And then interrogation, you know, thing, everything. He tried. They tried to just uh, um, interrogate him, and uh, just eventually he was forced to retire from the air force. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, everything. He lost the, everything. He lost everything. His status, his reputation, his income, and everything is gone just overnight. Yeah, and he was even, you know, really they prisoned him and uh, tortured him, but uh, he never gave it up. And why is that? Yeah, so that's uh, Julie Ming's story. He now he lives in Southern California. Um, he lost everything. You know, the ordinary people would really care about, but for him, he never changed his uh, attitude. And then um, just uh, in San Francisco last weekend. I met another person, Kevin Sneed from Silicon Valley. He's an IT contractor working in big tech. All right, and I won't tell you know I won't say the company name. But Kevin has uh, started to practice Falun Gong three years ago, so thirty years in the three years. So wanted to you know, but really after talking to them, I really see some uh, similarities. So let's hear from Kevin what Falun Gong brought to him. My energy is much different. My thinking is much better. I'm a better person. Um, work and all those things are much better. You know, I can go to work and not be stressed out and, you know, things like that. And um, I'm much more better with people, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's been a very profound difference in my life. So how did Kevin got to know about Falun Gong and why he started practicing? I first got a flyer at a supermarket. And so, but I really didn't look at the flyer at the beginning. Uh, I just sort of put it on the shelf. But I noticed in the park nearby where I live, uh, there were practitioners there when I would walk my dog in the park. And um, after about three times of seeing them, I, I knew this was something I wanted to learn because I just felt so good. 
and I just felt that it was something for me. When I finally realized that much later, I knew that I was probably predestined <laughs> for this practice because it was like it was following me in a way, you know. And uh, so um, I'm very happy, you know, that I started learning it. And uh, the Falandafa is a life is a life changing practice of mind and body. Yeah. So you see a lot of people when they practice Falun Gong, they really you know, you can notice they are calm and happy. And uh, it's also true for another lady. She's an award-winning film producer and a director in New York. She used to be in, I think, I believe it's in uh, Australia. Mm -hmm. And she immigrated from Australia to New York, and her name is Kay Robasak. And uh, she practiced uh, Falun Gong, like, for 23, 24 years. It's been amazing. I never thought that I would be able to do the double lotus position, to have my knees in the cross-legged position, which is a way of meditating. And um, it, even doctors thought it would be impossible for me because my knees were uh, in a very bad situation. Um, but after a few months of Falun Dafa, I've been able to do that. I'm able to sleep better. Um, I've, I'm very blessed to have two happy, healthy children and, and a lovely family. And I really think that a lot of that harmony has come because of my practice of Falun Dafa and following the principles of truth, compassion, tolerance, and doing these exercises. It's just been, it's really been wonderful. That's just amazing to think that I would stick with the practice for that long. But that's how powerful Falun Dafa has been. When I read the Falun Dafa book, I feel that I'm always improving myself. When I practice the exercises, I feel great in my body. I feel that my energy is improving, my positivity is improving, and it's a way that I can deal with the stress of the world. And it's been this great for 23 years, since 1998 when I found it, and I just feel so blessed to have found it and, uh, and so grateful to have found this practice that's just changed my life for the better. Yeah, in the case, as an artist, she said she found amazing connection between spirituality and arts. And I studied art at college, art and music, and that's always been a very big part of my life. And through Falun Dafa, I've been able to really enrich my artwork in a big way. And I've found that I've found deeper meaning and different ways to be able to present art in a way that actually benefits people. A lot of art these days presents negative messages that make people feel worse in the world. And we already have difficult time in the world all, all around us. But through Falun Dafa, I've learned how to put positivity and hope into my artwork. And because that gives out a positive message, a positive energy to people, and they feel it. Yeah, so, you know, it's that, those are just a sample of those uh, hundreds of thousands of people are celebrating uh, Falun Dafa today around the world. And uh, we have covered the celebration in San Francisco, in New York today. And also very special was what happened in Canada. In the Canada celebration, um, there are like, um, you know, the parliaments, they celebrated in front of the parliament and also in different uh, cities around Canada, there were like over 20 cities. They defined, uh, they proclaimed uh, today, the May 13th, as a Falun Dafa Flag Day. So what happened was uh, in different cities, over 20 of them, they raised, they have been raising the Falun Dafa flag in front of the municipal, you know, or uh, local government and uh, local communities. 
and uh, they are having all kinds of celebration. So in Canada, it's um, one thing also very special was the ca Canadian Parliament members from different parties. In October two, uh, 200, uh, 2009, in October 2009, they set up an organization called the Falun Gong Friends of Congress in the capital of uh, Ottawa to focus on the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners. And uh, one of the parliament member, Judy uh, Skirl, she is now the president of the Falun Gong Friends of Congress. And she's really has been supporting Falun Gong and their cause for many, many years. So when our, um, when our reporter asked, you know, interviewed her, and uh, she said, her uh, involvement of this cause started with the uh, caring of the human rights issues in China and about Falun Gong practitioners. Clearly, those practicing Falun Gong, Falun Dafa, um, were being persecuted for nothing more than their desire to have a peaceful time together to practice. I, I had great offense to think that China thought that that was somehow contrary to uh, what they wanted to see their community. And when you see what's happening to many people being arrested, persecuted, put in jail for years, uh, having their organs removed and sold, being murdered, for nothing more than wanting to promote truth and compassion and peacefulness. And it just doesn't make any sense to me as, as a Canadian who's grown up in a safe, free country, that any country would be able to do that to their people and, and uh, continue uh, to get away with that kind of uh, activity. So why indeed the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, persecute Falun Gong? Randy Hillier, who is member of the provincial parliament of Ontario, he shared his thoughts. We see authoritarian regimes must have an enemy there must be a villain for them to mobilize the general population uh, to to despise and to and to hate um, and again we're seeing the same you know we've seen that throughout history the former soviet union we had the, the kulaks uh, we had the bourgeoisie in Nazi Germany. We had the Jews and the and the Roma. The, every authoritarian regime must create a villain. Unfortunately, Falun Dafa is, you know, the the villain in the in the eyes of the CCP. People who are willing to speak out and live truthfully, people who are willing to live a life of not false virtue but of virtue um, are these are these are contrary to authoritarian values and so why uh, how the western world you know why the western world should care about this issue how this practice which is rooted in the chinese um, Chinese uh, traditional culture and the people who are now resisting the Chinese uh, Communist Party's persecution relates to the Western world. People in Canada, people in Ontario, and throughout the Western society should look at Falun Dafa with this particular view in mind. Uh, 
in my estimation, is back in the 70s when Canada formalized its relationship with the Communist Chinese Party and opened up diplomatic, um, our, what we told ourselves why we should do this, why we should embrace and engage with a communist authoritarian regime was that our influence would cause them to become like us. That's what we were all told. That's what we were all led to believe. Of course, the exact opposite has happened. And that is very clear in spades in the last two years. We have adopted a more communist Chinese party policies. We've adopted the lockdowns. We've adopted the authoritarian. We've adopted legislation to uh, suppress dissent. So instead of being the country where many Chinese and Falun Dafa practitioners came to Canada for freedom and a place to speak of freedom, we see we are losing those very things that they came here for. Time for so Falun Dafa can can help re-energize and and help Canadians understand the importance of speaking out and being good. And uh, for the parliament member Judy Scro, she said actually her understanding of Falun Gong grew from human rights issue to its core principles and how it's impacting the uh, Can Canadians and the whole world. I was supportive of uh, Falun Dafa organization for many years. It's a peaceful organization, just wants to promote truth and peaceful compassion, the kind of fundamental values that I believe in. So why wouldn't I be there to stand with the group? Because those are three elements that I believe everybody, whether they're part of the Falun Dafa movement or not, uh, the world would be a better place. I mean, those are the kinds of principles and values that make a country strong and make their people strong. And uh, I just wish we could get more people practicing those, those values. If we all lived like that, we wouldn't have the kind of pain and suffering that is existing in our communities. And I think our whole world would be better off. So how do they see the struggle of the Falun Gong practitioners facing the persecution of the Chinese Communist government? There will always be a battle between good and evil. Truth will win. Good will win. As long as good people continue to always stand up and speak out. And that's what Falun Dafa has been doing relentlessly. And you, you cannot defeat the truth. You cannot defeat good unless, the only way you defeat good is that old adage of good men and women staying silent, being quiet. That's what allows evil to grow. I view it as an obligation. I view it as a responsibility. Um, you know, I view it as um, if I am not willing to speak out for freedom for my children, for myself and for others, uh, you know, who is going to stand and, and speak for the freedom for my grandchildren? Uh, you know, this is something that we all have to do. 
I'm happy to be part of this community. I'm, part, I'm happy to be able to be a voice and to be able to be supportive and continue to applaud each and every person that has the courage to stand up and continue to practice what they believe in, which will make Canada a better place. Yeah, so um, that's, you know, the story we bring to you. I saw, like, uh, our uh, friends here, book saying, hmm, I need to look into this Falun Gong. So that's uh, what a lot of uh, the bystanders uh, of those events, why, when they saw the, how peaceful, how you know, gracious these people are, how passionate they are, and uh, then comparing to what uh, people practicing the same meditation exercise in China being persecuted, their reaction is, hmm, I wanted to look into that. Yeah, yeah actually. <coughs> After, um, after 30 years um, being introduced in the public and the 23 years against the persecution, uh, Falun Gong is spreading over the world. In the meantime, Falun Gong practitioners started this uh, quit the CCP movement in China. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, they just uh, talked to and convinced <coughs> um, Chinese people to quit from either the party or the Youth League, which is a kind of a subsidiary of uh, organization of, uh, of the CCP and the, um, the, the so-called Young Pioneer, uh, that kind of organization. Okay, so until now, nearly 400 million people, hear me out here, uh, 395 million people has quit the Chinese Communist Party and its associated organizations. Of course, those are apply only to adult. Okay, so you're talking about out of 1.4 billion people, this is nearly close to 40%, 40% of the Chinese population. Mm -hmm. So that's what they did, completely peaceful, okay? Peaceful effort day in and day out in the last 23 years. Um, nearly 40, 400 million people has yeah, quit from the party. Yeah, and also what uh, re really relates to, you know, things uh, I think on top of minds uh, of a lot of people right now, for example, the persecution of the Uyghurs and the uh, underground church people, and also the lockdown, right? Mm -hmm. the, the unlawful uh, actions by the Chinese Communist Party, all kinds of things. But actually these really rooted from the persecution of Falun Gong. Because of Falun Gong, there's really no reason for them to be to crack down, so they made up all kinds of the excuses, and they just break down all the um, the you know the like of the system, right? The system mean? of uh, operating this uh, society normally, mm -hmm. right? Or the justice system, and yeah. they mobilize everything to crack down Falun Gong, which is unlawful, and that created pre precedence for the persecution. Um, many other people in China, including the Uyghurs, right? Including right now the people were locked down. Mm -hmm. Just lawless. And it really started from Falun Gong's persecution because these are good people without any agenda, mm -hmm. except for trying to be a better person, healthier right. person. Yeah. So besides the quicker CCP um, movement, Falun Gong practitioner, they draw from the culture, draw from the tradition, they started, um, they started independent uh, media, and then they started um, performance, they started the, the filming and, uh, and the video and so on and so forth. And then they, 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 are, they become the, uh, how to say, very strong and very uh, 
strong and quiet, how to say, um, resistance to the CCP's uh, spreading in, in, across the world and also inside China. They're very silent and a strong force there. So, yeah, they, they did that completely motivated by their value, nothing more than that. There's no political agenda. They, don't, they actually don't hold any political agenda. They don't you know, seek to change regime and things like that. They only addressing issues coming in from their value, which is truth, compassion, and tolerance. If you think about that, those are pretty much moral values. Yeah, just like uh, the parliament from Canada, right, Judy? Right. She said, you know, it's just really the basic principles which she holds, and she was wishing, she's wishing that, uh, you know, more people in the world can yeah. practice that and there will be a better world. And I saw Rob saying that it's all very interesting and uh, I'm not a religious person, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, you know, Rob, you know, it's, why don't you just take a look, look into that for yourself, actually. A lot yeah. of people start with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I, I just posted the, the book. Actually, the book is, as I said, it's all free. The exercise is all free. There's no cost associated with it. It's something that, uh, yeah, somebody says it sounds like a yoga. It's sort of like a yoga or tai chi, but the difference is it's a complete system. All the know-how was completely explained in the book. So it's something that is really worth looking into. And uh, so today, um, okay, because of this event in New York, right, mm -hmm. we just feel this is a good opportunity to look deeper into this exercise for you to understand this is this good thing, this good thing from China. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just talk about uh, why we actually started to uh, become journalists is because there wasn't any um, media report, objective media report of such kind of a human rights abuse in China mm -hmm. 23 years ago. Yeah. And the Louis, you ask that we have to look into this. It sounds like a fast food version of Tai Chi Chuan. <laughs> uh, or is there more of a religious aspect to Falun Dafa? Actually, it's a good question. If you, you have to look into this yourself, okay, it's probably neither. All right? It's a mind and body exercise. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physical exercise with a clear principle and a theory behind it. That, that's what it is. Yeah, there is a more... Um uh, tai Chi Chuan more mo just purely almost just movements. Yeah. Yeah, but Falun Dafa, Falun Gong has more uh, inner side of mm -hmm. it. Would I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that will be all for t tonight, and uh, thank you for being with us. And uh, and uh, yeah, uh, with our with our sharing of this, the no our knowledge in this exercise. And uh, wish you have a great night and a great weekend. And uh, we'll yeah. see you next week. Mm -hmm. Be safe and uh, take care. Take care. Yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.